Hello folks, this is Frederick Jones and we are back with Saturday AM Daily. Now, it's uh, been, frankly, quite a while. Uh, We've not had a chance to uh, record the podcast as intended. Um, The last podcast was right before a show we had in Cleveland for Wizard World, and uh, that did not go very well. Uh, We had a storm. I was stuck in Philly, uh, and uh, we weren't able to do some of the things we intended to do, so it was a big mess. Uh, Coming back, of course, we had issues to get out of our magazine, and then we were stuck, uh, and then we had a Portland show for Wizard World, which was uh, was much better, uh, great city, uh, uh, decent weather. Uh, but then I got sick after that show, uh, after dealing with some stuff with FedEx, where they got our material to us late. So it's been uh, one thing after another, uh, a lot of difficulty trying to get the podcast going regularly. But uh, I am excited to say that I am back, I am healthy. And we've got a lot of stuff to discuss. So let's get started with Saturday AM Daily, the podcast featuring the official news of Saturday AM, all things related to Saturday AM, the worlds of geek, pop culture, including superhero movies, video games, comic book, anime, and manga. Saturday AM, the world's most Diverse Shonen Manga Anthology. My name is Frederick Jones. We're back. Let's get started. All right, folks, today is April 30th, 2018, and we have a lot of great things to chat about today. We're going to touch on issue 85 of Saturday AM and some great things that will be happening with this issue. We'll talk about issue 80, uh, I'm sorry, issue number two of Saturday PM the world's most diverse seinen manga anthology and we'll give you some more details about this upcoming issue in our brand new anthology we're going to be touching on march madness the conclusion of that now we would have talked about it had we been active in the last month but since we haven't been we've got a lot to talk about about this amazing tournament 64 artists from around the world we coined the winner and we're going to tell you about what made this event such a really kick-ass event We'll again segue into Summer of Manga, which is our next event, this touching on finding the next great storyteller. Last but not least, folks, we can't go without talking about Avengers Infinity War. Can we? We really can't. I saw the film this weekend. I, again, wanted to have a chance to talk about it. My illness uh, meant that I was still getting over, uh, you know, a heavy cough and... uh, uh, some strained vocal cords, so I didn't really want to uh, do the film a disjustice because I mean an injustice because folks, this is one of the best superhero movies of all time, one of the best films of all time, uh, certainly one of the most profitable movies of all time, and we just can't stay away from talking about this film, even though it has not a damn thing to do with manga. But uh, we think it actually does have stuff to do with manga, and I will touch on that today. So, again, a lot of great stuff. We're going to jump into it right now, starting with some details about Saturday AM issue number 85. Now, first and foremost, Saturday AM issue number 85 is the 85th issue of our magazine, obviously. But what you don't know is that it is our free comic book day issue. That's right. We participate in free comic book day, too. Not officially, of course. But we have participated in our own way. And that means that for those of you who can't make it to your local comic book stores, you can go to Saturday AM's website and you can download several issues of our digital magazine. That's 85 issues of this incredible anthology that we created back in 2013. We will have select issues available for free that you can check out including the latest issue, which features Mutton Chop. That's right, the one and only super awesome Mutton Chop is going to be available this weekend. It's on the cover of the magazine. And folks, we've got, an even best, uh, we've got a special treat for you as well. Mutton Chop has an animation. That's right, Saturday M's first animation is of Mutton Chop, and that's going to be embedded with the free comic book day issue. All right, so 
Saturday Mission Number 85, Mutton Chops on the cover. That's not all, folks. We've got more content because in the issue, we've got all new Titan King. This is our 1980s style, you know, big, bad, you know, monsters fighting each other uh, series by Tony Dawkins. It's a really fun series, folks. Really been getting popular in the magazine. We debuted it last year. Uh, this has the latest installment in this upcoming issue. We also have in this upcoming issue, brand new Bully Eater. So if you love Raymond Brown, one of the nicest guys in manga, in comic books, then you will love to check out the latest Bully Eater. Bully Eater is a fan favorite, a series about a normal guy named Asao Akia who takes on super-powered baddies uh, who are much more strong, much more powerful than he is, but he stands for the weak, he stands for normal people against bullies. And so if you love just kind of Street Fighter style, uh, kind of just, you know, uh, fun-loving action sort of comics, you will love Bully Eater. It returns into issue 85. Likewise, we've also got Hammer. That's right, folks, the one and only Hammer. Hammer is by Jay Odin. This guy, you had a chance to meet him in our Wizard World Portland show. He is, to me, one of the just hallmarks of Saturday AM. Uh, he's a new creator, but he, I mean, new to Saturday AM, but not a new creator. This guy has done work for Antarctic Press. He's doing work currently for Oni Press. These are traditional, uh, you know, sizable American combo companies. But Jay is just a sweet guy. He's an amazingly talented guy incredibly multi-layered in terms of what he can do from a, from a technical standpoint. Uh, he's also a great singer, uh, one of the nicest people you'll meet, and we're just so incredibly honored to have him be a part of Saturday M. He, he is a justification for everything that we believe in about diverse, fresh voices coming to the world of manga. If you've not seen Hammer, we will have, again, some opportunities for you to check out Hammer for free this coming weekend, and you get the latest two installments, folks, two not one, two installments of Hammer is full color in the latest issue. So you'll want to check this out. Hammer, uh, 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 <laughs> Hammer, Mutton Chop, uh, Titan King, Bully Eater, all in one issue. Uh, a great animation of Mutton Chop included with the issue. And then a great recap of March Art Madness. We've got some other great things in there, folks. But one of the big things I want to talk about is advertising. So you have been approaching us for several years now saying, hey man, I love what you guys can do. I'm working on a comic book. How can I get my comic book out there? Well, issue 85 is going to be the first opportunity for you to really do something about it. So the question becomes, how do you do something about it? And this is where advertising comes in. Now, let me explain a little bit about advertising. We, for the last four and a half years, folks, we've, you know, sustained ourselves uh, by doing two things, really. Uh, being incredibly conservative in terms of how we spend money, uh, really focusing all of our efforts on creating a superior product and trying to make sure that whatever money we had covered the basics. And then number two, in having uh, subscriptions. And I remember, obviously, uh, getting uh, just lampooned for the idea of getting people to pay for subscriptions. Um, you know, we just were, I mean, I just remember getting crucified for this because the conventional wisdom in, you know, 2011, 12, and 13 was that web comics, you know, you had to put ads all over the website and that's how you got, that's how you made money and you had to just, you know, do stuff consistently and be friends with everybody and try to create this little, uh, you know, community of web comic creators and so forth. And the idea, therefore, that you have kind of an exclusive group, uh, content that only existed on one platform, that had a brand so that, you know, it's kind of hard to be kumbaya when you're a brand. You know, if you're Saturday AM, people who aren't Saturday AM then are going to, you know, be upset with you uh, or feel like you are promoting yourself in a particular way, which you are. So, you know, we got a lot of heat for it. Uh, you know, our, our commitment to diversity and people are like, well, manga doesn't need diversity. And so, we, you know, we got a lot of heat for it. I think what people do forget is that when we started, uh, you know, Manga Magazine was like the king of the land. And they were gone uh, almost six months after we launched. Um, you know, some of the competitors who, who've now popped up and have getting written up in magazines in various places, you know, they thought they would do it like we do and create a digital magazine and stuff. But they, you know, all these guys, if they, if they made it to a first issue, they never had a second issue. And we're, you know, about to hit issue 85. So advertising to us is really 
a central piece of adding to what we currently do to help us continue to maintain our growth. And we're not trying to be obnoxious about it. The ads start at $10. And so there's something there for everybody who just wants to get the word out. Who should advertise? Really anybody. Folks, if you're creative, the thing about Advertising Saturday that we want to try to create is create a real relevancy to what we do. So you already know that the people who have, that our subscribers are people who actually financially support independent digital creators. That's what we've built. You know, there are other forms you can advertise and they're more expensive. They have tons more traffic than we do, but they also cost a heck of a lot more money. We start at 10 bucks. The highest price ad I think is like 45 or 50 bucks. And you either can go in the front of the magazine, at the end of the magazine, in the middle, or we have a section called community section. So we're going to start with issue 85. Again, we've got great content in issue 85. And then we're going to do it for every issue subsequent to that. So if you want to reach a target audience, try advertising. You can buy ads uh, on our website. Now, issue 85 closes May 2nd, which is today, uh, just as an FYI. Uh, I don't know how in the hell this thing did this, but I started the process uh, for this uh, podcast, and somehow I got screwed up. So anyways, um, and it, I guess it released early. So I'm adding to the April 30th episode two days later. Today is May 2nd. In fact, it's May 2nd at 12.16 a.m. Uh, tonight at 11.59 p.m., you will be able to uh, still purchase ads, but we'll be finishing right at midnight, May 3rd. So please, if you want to buy an ad, it's a great opportunity. And again, we know that everyone is kind of new to this. We know a lot of you guys are young or still trying to figure out how to do advertising. I'll say again, when you look at the power of what Saturday M has, the people that we speak with, the fact that we build an audience of people who are into the sort of content that, you know, that we're into. I mean, the fact of the matter is there are other types of places you can advertise. Again, they're either very expensive, like, you know, IGN.com, the big websites, or you could do these little kind of webcomic portals. And the thing that we never liked about those, even though what they do is great, is that we never got a sense that the, the money really fit. Sometimes, you know, it'd be like small money for a website that we didn't think really fit us, or it'd be ridiculously uh, overpriced uh, ads and we never saw anything as a result of it. And that's because the content tended to be very esoteric, right? You know, we're very traditional shonen manga. We have an audience that is used to paying money for things. And so, you know, it just, it just never was a good fit for us. This is why we think advertising, opening it up, is going to be a really good fit for people. Because if you're into the sort of content that we produce, if you're someone who has cosplay and you want to sell your prints or you want to sell your cosplay costumes to other cosplay creators, if you're someone who has a tutorial uh, on YouTube or, or, or private video that you want to sell, if you're someone who has your own digital magazine, your own webcomic, if you're an artist and you do commissions and you want to let people know about your commission tiers, if you have a pop-up store, if you're going to be at upcoming conventions, you know that if you produce content similar to what we produce, that you're in the right place. And so again, super low cost to do this for issue 85, which is going to be a fantastic issue. It's going to have also Picasso. A sneak peek of Bakasi, our Saturday PM title from White Manga himself. Go to www.saturday-am.com forward slash magazine ad. Go there, check it out. If you see what you like, go ahead and purchase the ad. We'll contact you within 24 hours and make sure we got the right creative. We'll help you with the creative if we need to, and then get you get you ready to go for the upcoming issue. If not issue 85, we're going to do it for issue 86 and, and here on. So we're, we're serious about this, folks. If you want to advertise Saturday AM, give it a chance. Now, let's talk about conventions. Now, we last year uh, took Saturday AM on the road, and we took a number of our creators on the road. So, again, this is something people – I had a, a live chat today on Instagram, and people asked me, they said, you know, do you plan things out in advance? And I'm like, God, yes. <laughs> you know, like this is – Kind of, I think, why Saturday M has succeeded and other companies, uh, some of our competitors have not quite had the same longevity or, 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 you know, kind of solidification amongst our fan base the way that we have. And that's because, you know, I come from a corporate background. I've planned these things out years in advance. I mean, there are things that I'm working on now that will have significant impact, hopefully on the industry, but certainly for our company in the next two years. Um, so when you think about that, you know, this is how we kind of structure these things. So we, you know, we didn't try to rush out to a lot of these trade shows. I see companies who've tried to do that in the past. I'll spend, you know, $17, 50, $15, 17 
to go to a trade show, and they might meet some people, and they might get some articles written about them, but folks, that's a lot of money to spend when you're just getting started, when you don't necessarily have a fan base or anything like that. We are very conservative for our money. We've taken our time. So we had planned it to get to this point within our fourth year, and we had a great time last year. We went to uh, Crunchyroll Expo out in uh, Santa Clara and had a really fun time taking our characters and our brand and, and our creators to the West Coast. Uh, and then we went to New York City, and that was an absolute riot. We had an awesome time. We met so many amazing young creators. We met a lot of creators who were kind of part of that independent webcomic scene who, uh, you know, love white manga or who know about Saturday AM, and, and it was awesome. We took White with us, Andrea, Raymond, myself. We had David Yoon. We had Michelle Masarolo. We had Jamie Molina. Uh, it was a really, we had Jack Sherwin of Saturday PM. It was a really awesome time. This year, we always had planned to expand it. We've essentially created what we call a tour. So we're going to be hitting a couple of big cities throughout 2018. The first two was Cleveland, uh, Ohio, and that show was a bit of a disaster because we got caught in this really horrible snowstorm. I was in Philly. We had a live March Madness event, which we couldn't do. Uh, then after that, that was Jamie Molina and Morgan Walker, which this was their first, both of them, this was their first show kind of on their own. So this was, you know, it was a nightmare show. Uh, Wizard World has been amazing, though. Uh, Wizard World, we've partnered with them for a couple of these shows, and they've been really supportive of us, uh, even though I'm sure that, you know, we weren't happy. I'm sure they weren't happy, but they've been great, particularly Casey's been fantastic in watching over us. So the next show in Portland was fantastic, Portland, Oregon. We went to the Pacific Northwest. The weather was a little misty and rainy, but we had an amazing time, met some great people, a couple of celebrities, and uh, really had a chance to put some brand out there. We still had a screw-up with FedEx, but it went much better. The next show is going to be in Philly, and folks, we have some amazing talent lined up for that. So, Wizard World, Philadelphia. This is a big show. Now, Cleveland, you know, was a decent show, and again, with the snowstorms, you know, we, we really enjoyed it, but it was a, it was a smaller show, to be sure. Uh, when we went to Wizard World, Portland, that was a bigger show, still small by, by some standards. Uh, you know, again, it was kind of misty and rainy. And Portland is a city that really loves comics. They've got three big comic companies out there. But, uh, but Philly's is supposedly one of their biggest shows there. I mean, we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of like 70,000 people. It's a four-day show uh, from May 17th through the 20th. So we're going to go there. And we're going to do the things we've done the last couple of shows, including some live uh, appearances of, uh, with the events and stuff. And I want to run through those right now for you. So first of all, who is coming to this show? Uh, well, let's, let's talk about that. We are bringing David Yoon, the creator of Spoon. So if you guys love one of the ro- longest-running series within Saturday AM, you'll have a chance to meet David Yoon. He's a crazy man, folks, so trust me. Spoon's a great series. David is an insane person. You'll have a blast meeting him. We have Mark Reed. Now, Mark Reed is very much on the low, low end of Saturday AM, not because of talent. Mark is one of the more talented people we have. Mark, though, has just had you know, a lot of things he's been working on, and so... We've not had a lot of new stuff for Z Forever in quite a long time. But Z Forever at one point was considered kind of a, you know, a competitor potentially for Apple Black. It's a series about a brother who's been betrayed by another brother, and, uh, and he's kind of going on this kind of spiritual sort of Christianity-like regicide you know, battle. And uh, uh, Mark Reed is a phenomenal talent. Uh, we're really hoping that he kind of gets it together this year because Z Forever could be a big hit if he were to... Uh, get involved with it, but he's busy, and we're, we're trying to be as patient as possible, but he's going to be at the show. Uh, you'll, you'll love meeting him. We'll have copies of Z Forever Volume 1 there. Uh, next up will be uh, Lukeman Otisloro. Now, Lukeman is a very young guy. I'm sure he's very shy, but Lukeman is one of my favorite creators. Uh, Spoon is one of my favorite series, and so is Better Off Ignorant. Uh, this is a series kind of like Gintama. It is absolutely insane. Great things are coming for it. Again, Lukeman is, you know, difficult in terms of getting product out as much as we'd like, but you will not regret checking out this young artist and meeting him. The last two artists are important. Blake Showers is a really popular artist. You guys have probably seen Four Strikes. He's got a very quirky style. He's developing an original, brand new comic only for Saturday M called Tortuga Force 5. It is going to be awesome. You guys are going to want to see it. You're going to get the first full glimpse of it. At the show, you will not want to miss Blake Showers. And the next person is a little someone called White Manga, creator of our biggest series, Apple Black. 
one of the uh, young people I've made a partner in the company and also creator of the new Saturday PM title, Bakasi. So now, here's the key thing, folks. We don't just bring talent to these shows. We go to a city, and because you know we're taking the Saturday M brand, the Saturday M party on the road, we make sure it's a damn party. And so what does that mean? It means, first of all, we do a number of panels that will get you in the mood to have fun. Number one, if you want to pitch us your comics, you've got summer manga, you've got March Madness, but folks, Philly's a huge city. 75,000 people expect you to go to the show. We will have days and panel sessions dedicated where you can come into the room, bring your portfolio, bring your script, and present directly to myself and other members of Saturday AM and get feedback right then and right there. This is something that has become really popular and we love it because it's a great opportunity for us to talk to you directly, not through Instagram or YouTube, but just one-on-one. -on -one. Number two, if you want to have a chance to get artwork tips from White Manga, you can watch White Manga TV, that's great. But the best thing is getting a live presentation, a direct live presentation by White Manga himself. And he will be doing that at the show this week, that weekend. He will be on stage giving you pointers on how best to create fantastic artwork. Number three, we have an awesome number of panels where we help you understand everything about creating comics. I've got a panel on diversity, which helps you understand exactly why diversity is important and how it can help you have success in creating your comics. I also do a panel on the economics of comics. Folks, I just talked earlier about going to these trade shows. We've seen the companies who go to these trade shows, they spend a ton of money and make not one dime. Folks, comics is not easy. Comics can make you broke faster than you can say fast. So trust us, this is a great presentation to come to. If you have any serious inclination about doing comics, come and let us tell you about all the tricks and tips that we went through on the things that, again, a lot of folks don't talk about the business, but we care about the business. So let us tell you about ways that you can save money and maximize the money you spend on creating the best platform for your comic, for your brand, for your publishing company, for your printing company, whatever it is you're trying to do, we can help you with this tutorial. Last but not least, we have a live event, and this is where we do, it's called Art Attack, and it's kind of like a live March of Madness sort of thing. We did it at Portland and it killed. And basically it's interactive. You help us choose subjects for white manga and another artist to draw. They've got a set amount of minutes, they draw it, you guys get to help vote on it, and we give away prizes, and it's a big fun, everyone has laughs. It is awesome, folks. It's called Art Attack. And we'll be doing that during Wizard World Philly. So, if you want to go to Wizard World Philly to meet Saturday AM, the next stop in our tour for Saturday AM 2018, then it will be May 17th through the 20th. We will be there the entire show. We have a booth, which I don't know what the number is yet, but I'll give it to you as soon as I can. I can tell you that we, an we anchor the anime pavilion section, which is where you can go to see cosplayers and voice actors. We're right there in the middle of it. But as soon as I get the booth number, I'll post it in a future episode. But you'll be able to find us. You can't miss us. We've got our gigantic uh, presentation that we always take with us. And again, we're going to have amazing creators with us there. You'll be able to buy exclusive prints. You'll be able to get signatures for our tanks and books. You'll be able to subscribe for Saturday, to Saturday AM and get trinkets that you would not get otherwise. And, of course, you get a chance to hang out with us. Here's the best part. If you want to save money, then simple. Go to wizardworld.com. Go to wizardworld.com. That's www.wizard, W-I-Z-A-R-D, world, W-O-R-L-D, wizardworld, one word, dot com. And then when you, pick, when you choose Philadelphia and you choose to purchase the tickets, all you have to do is enter the offer code, Saturday AM, just one word folks, Saturday AM, you will immediately be given a 20% discount on the price of your tickets, whether it's a day or the whole weekend, and you come and you come hang out with us. We're still working on additional things that we're going to do while we're at Wizard World Philly, but all you need to know is that if you want to meet white manga in the flesh, if you want to have a chance to pitch me your manga directly, if you want to find out some of the tips and tricks that we have that have helped us stay 
uh, and grow in the last four and a half years to stay in business and grow. If you want to have a chance to meet other up-and-coming creators within the Saturday M universe, including Blake Showers, another superstar like Jay Odin, then get your tickets to Wizard World, Philadelphia. Go to www.wizardworld.com. Select Philadelphia, enter offer code Saturday AM, save yourself some money, and then come hang out with us. We're going to be there the entire weekend. All right, folks, we don't want to miss you. And as far as the show after that and any other locations we'll go to in the United States, you can always contact us and let us know where you'd like us to go. But we will be revealing the next location after Wizard World Philly. All right, folks, so... That was a little bit of Little Wayne and Drop the World. And I had to play that because this is a kick-ass song. But now we have to talk about Avengers Infinity War. And it has been days since I saw it. And I'm still amazed by it. You know, I'm a DC Comics fan. Uh, I love DC Comics. I grew up with them. They still are my favorite heroes. Flash, Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. I mean, just my favorites, you know. I always thought Marvel characters were too lame. <laughs> you know, it, it, it also extraordinary to me because, because DC had some of the most iconic characters that Marvel would rip off. Some, you know, Thanos is just literally a ripoff of uh, Darkseid and, and uh, you know, Batman. Captain America just couldn't hold a candle to Batman. And, and you know, and Iron Man was a poor man's Batman. And, uh, Saturday AM, you know, is interesting because I think, I, I tell my guys all the time that, you know, I think what separates us from so many other competitors is literally what's happening with Marvel. It's because of how Marvel has seen their characters for decades and how they've managed their characters for decades. It's the approach that they take. And I feel the same way when it comes to Saturday M. I think the reason we're separate from so many other companies is because we've always tried to... I've always looked at our characters as being far more important than the creators. Uh, you know, I you know, will, will you know, be chastise White, I'll chastise Raymond, I'll chastise Andrea and every other creator when it comes to what I think they need to be doing with their characters, because at the end of the day, what Saturday M should always do is speak to the fans and speak to the excitement of that little kid rather than just trying to speak to the nuances and the, the peculiarities and the, the nerdiness of the creators. Now, there'll be people who listen to that and go, oh, you know, oh, that's, that's horrible. You're a horrible publisher and yada, yada. And that's great. You know, Saturday M is clearly not for you, but... I think when you look at Marvel, to me, that is literally what Marvel does. They take such a different approach with their characters. It's just a, such a fascinating scenario because I don't think their characters are better than DC's characters. And yet they have found a way every single time to find a life that really works for it to where they're making these movies now that are just the pinnacle of superhero films. You know, I, 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 I liked uh, the original Iron Man, but I didn't love it. I didn't, did not care for the, for the Captain America first Avenger. I still laugh at the people who suggest that was the best, you know, one of the best Marvel movies. I'm just like, you've got to be crazy. That, that's such a boring-ass movie. Uh, Thor was surprisingly better than I thought it would be. Uh, and then Avengers was just the bomb. You know, Incredible Hulk wasn't bad. I actually thought the Incredible Hulk of Edward Norton was pretty good. But Avengers was just amazing. And to me, ever since the first Avengers, Disney, Marvel, have just they, they've been locking it down. I think, you know, it's funny because, I, like I said, I, the first Marvel movies, to me, just weren't, like, I, I just didn't care about them. I thought they were interesting. I was pleasantly surprised. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I thought the ending of Iron Man 1 is so, is so bad. The ending of Iron Man 2 is so bad. I mean, that, like, those movies, the endings are stupid. I thought the ending of Incredible Hulk was probably the only ending I thought was actually worthwhile. Uh, the original Captain America said I thought was boring. I thought Thor was decent. You know, the Loki thing was, was truly inspired how they handled Loki. Uh, and then Avengers just, Joss Whedon just killed it. I mean, he just absolutely killed it. He saw what it could be. He brought the humor to a place where it really became an intrinsic part of Marvel. And then I thought with the Phase 2 films that they just were on track. I mean, Iron Man 2, I mean 3, I mean... I thought it was great. Again, there are people who dislike that movie. I'm thinking, you're crazy. I mean, it was the best Iron Man movie of all the Iron Man movies. Uh, and then uh, Thor Dark World was, you know, admittedly very lackluster. But, uh, but Captain America Winter Soldier was just excellent. Uh, and it just, and, and to me, ever since Winter Soldier, frankly, they've just, 
they've been on a, on a win streak. You know, again, like I said, there were some misses after the first Avengers, but they've been on a win streak. Avengers Age of Ultron, it's surprising how well it holds up. I hated it in comparison to the first Avengers, and I thought to myself, okay, well, here we go. This is normal movie making. But yet you watch it, you watch it now, and you see just how much depth there was to it, how much they were taking the world. Because remember, you know, this was, the idea of the Marvel movies was to try to take uh, what DC, what Nolan did with the Batman movies, Marvel tried to do, but they brought a, a sort of sensibility to it. They were like, look, you know, we know we've got these crazy things that happen in the world. You can't square those into the real world. So they, they were going to gradually work those in, right? You could have a, a guy flying in an armor, and then you could have a, a, a super soldier from the 40s, and you could have a god from another world who was kind of a space god. And, uh, and, and, they, and Thor was the toughest one. When they found a way to make Thor work with the humor and, and, and the, the charm of Chris Hemsworth and, and the, the near-nakedness of Chris Hemsworth, because let's not forget, Marvel, like I said, they've got that thing down to a formula. They, all the men look like, like absolute super studs. You know, I, they're not me at all. And I think that that, again, is another kind of amazing thing about uh, what Marvel has figured out how to make these movies with. But, um, but you know, they, they figured this stuff out. And again, there were some misses in phase two, but once Winter Soldier came and you started getting the blending of characters in the other movies with, with the other Marvel superheroes, that to me is when Marvel, they've just been killing it ever since then. Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Avengers Age Ultron I thought was, it holds up far better than it was, than it, than it was originally received as. Uh, you know, uh, the subsequent Thor Ragnarok, and it, it just, it's just been um, Spider-Man Homecoming. They've just been extraordinarily good. And, and Infinity War is just such an extraordinary experience now since then. So, you know, I think the, uh, you know, the, the kicker with uh, Infinity War, especially coming off of Black Panther, was that they, you know, I think with, the, with after Winter Soldier, I think the thing that Marvel figured out was, you know, because they, they got the humor in the first uh, gen, right? The first gen was all about the humor and finding a way to make you think these things could actually make sense in the real world. Like, you wouldn't laugh at the costumes. You wouldn't laugh at the idea of a space god or a gigantic robot and things like that. But what they did in Phase 3, well, or Phase 2, I mean, is that they figured out how to start saying, okay, look, there's a formula to these movies. We don't have to stick to the formula, we can create our own formula. We've already, because the key thing about a superhero movie is to figure out how to make it entertaining. Once you figure out how to make it entertaining, then you figure out how to make a movie, how to make a film that has gravitas and has ideas and is positing theories about, you know, character and life and humanity and things of that nature, philosophical elements even. And that is what I thought that second phase did really well. So then you start getting into questions of, you know, where the films just were different types of films. Winter Soldier is a political thriller. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, you know, is this kind of like, you know, kind of space glam, you know, uh, just kind of apocalyptic sort of space glam sort of romp. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, is very, very funky kind of 70s pop art, you know, uh, uh, space, you know, kind of Flash Gordon type stuff. Uh, but then you had Spider-Man Homecoming, a teen movie. Then you had, uh, you know, Doctor Strange was kind of infused with sort of this sort of... Uh, the sort of uh, Eastern mysticism, but also kind of like, you know, kind of like an epic classic sort of adventure. You've got Ant-Man, which was a heist film, but just an absolute comedy heist film. You know, you started getting into, you know, obviously Civil War was just really, really in-depth about the characters. And, they, and, and the thing was that they earned every step of what they did. They took the chances when they needed to. They zigged when they were supposed to zag. And that takes us to Infinity War, which is unlike anything else. You've never seen a movie like Infinity War. The characters are there... It's building upon itself from, from, from 18 other films so that you feel a weight to the things that are happening. When deaths occur, and yes, they occur, you feel the impact of those. It's not that kind of standard, no, when a character screams, you know, when, when one of their friends passes away. You feel it because you've lived with these characters for so many films. They earned it. This is what DC failed to do. DC tried to rush their universe. Marvel took it step by step. Each generation or each uh, uh, wave of films, they figured out how to, or phase or whatever they call them, they tried to figure out how to make the movies have depth and meaning and push the genre forward. So look, this thing starts out like an absolute, uh, it's not even an explosion. I was trying to explain this to my father who was too sick to see it uh, when I took my family to see it. 
it's not an explosion. It starts out with a sort of melancholy and this sort of like, you know, intensity. And, and it just never stops. And I thought that was a brilliant aspect of it. You know, it's still got the joke, so therefore it knows when to, just like I said a few minutes ago, it knows, Marvel knows when to zig instead of zag. And this film is the approximation of that to its core. Because this film is intense. Thanos is a villain that is earned. He is not as cheesy as he is in the comic books. He, you know, in my opinion, he's still a poor man's dark side. But he has a gravitas and, frankly, a humanity that very few Marvel villains have had. I, 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 I you know, I, I love Black Panther, but I, I find, again, just like I don't understand the Captain America love, I love Movie Bob, for example, as a YouTube critic, but I think his, his, his dismissal of Spider-Man Homecoming is one of the silliest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but he, I love him. I think he's a great, uh, you know, he and I politically are on the same page, but God, this, this love affair he has with uh, Tobey Maguire's old ass and, uh, and um, uh, Sam Raimi's kind of cartoonish, uh, Burton-esque sort of Spider-Man in comparison to what Homecoming was just the excellent of Homecoming is beyond me. But, you know, but hey, I'm in the minority, I guess. Uh, certain, well, not on Homecoming. He's in the minority. But I'm on the, the minority when it comes to uh, Captain America, First Avenger, and, uh, and Guardians and some of these films. But I got to say, you know, again, zigging when you zag is just a, is something that's really, really, really crucial. And I think that it is nailed in this film. Uh, when it goes into the comedy bits here, it is a release valve that you have to have. And all the characters here get their moment. I don't understand this, this criticism that it feels rushed. There's nothing rushed about this. The movie's a damn near three-hour movie. It weaves the characters in there perfectly. Uh, the idea that you want to see some characters, of course, that's, that, of course you do. You want to see more Black Panther. You want to see more Shuri. But they're in the film where they're supposed to be. And when things happen, including some of the deaths, yes, it would be great if Black Panther and Shuri had a moment before the thing happens, it happens. I won't spoil everything. But at the same time, though, it's realistic that it doesn't because there is a gigantic war happening uh, in Wakanda at that point. It would be great if, you know, Pepper and Tony got a, a moment when the things happen and happen, but it doesn't. It would be great if, you know, Aunt May had a moment with Spider-Man, but it doesn't. This is the randomness of these things. Uh, it would be great if Ant-Man and Hawkeye, you know, had more of a, a, a presence in the film, but they don't because this is, you know... This is what the real world looks like. I thought the film is fantastic. It leaves you with a gut punch. It thrills you with the spectacle. The superhero battles, folks, I never in my life thought we'd see superhero battles look that accurate in a film. So look, I'm not going to spoil the movie in this entirely, but obviously I will get to some things. And one of the things I want to get to is that this movie's great. It's totally, it's totally different than anything we've seen in a superhero movie before. I think since... Uh, the first Avengers a little bit, but uh, definitely since uh, Winter Soldier, we've just, we've just not seen this level of CGI and human interaction with character uh, growth uh, as good as this. I mean, when they fight Thanos, uh, this is straight out of a comic, straight out of an anime, straight out of a cartoon. It is so flawlessly done. It is amazing. And you're seeing it on the big screen with live action elements to it. Uh, Civil, again, I think Civil War did this excellently with the fight scene in the airport. I think Winter Soldier did this fantastically as well. They were probably the first to really get it right. I think Ragnarok had some really awesome moments. Iron Man movies, so-so. Again, the CGI in Iron Man sometimes can look really cheesy. And Black Panther, I thought, looked kind of cheesy in the CGI. But, look, some of the other stuff, you know, Doctor Strange I thought was great. Ant-Man I thought was great. I mean, Marvel is killing it. And, and when you see the action sequences in this film, you will be, your jaw will drop. But suffice to say, if you know the comic book story, you know what's going to happen at the end. By now, you've heard what happens at the end. So again, I'm not going to tell you who gets it, but a lot of characters get it. And it ends on a cliffhanger. It ends on a cliffhanger, which is great. This is one of the most effective and, and emotional cliffhangers in the history of geek culture since Empire Strikes Back. And as a man in his 40s, I remember Empire Strikes Back, so I remember what that felt like. So I'm so happy to see something rekindle that impact for new generations of, of young people, because this does that. This, this ends on an extraordinary point. So now I want to talk about what's going to happen next. I want to give my theories, because I, I watch the big guys. You know, again, my little company is small. You know, I, we're, we're trying to build Saturday M up. These companies like Collider and IGN and Screen Junkies, you know, they all get, you know, do 95 videos on this stuff, and they'll talk about, you know, they'll give their theories. And, I, and I'm always like, where, where are you getting this from? Like, I, one of the theories that kind of amazes me is this theory that 
Captain America's gonna die. You know, Jim Vavida from IGN talks about this all the time. And I'm just like, dude, where are you getting this from? Where are you getting this from? I, I find that extraordinary. I don't, like, I mean, they, they have hell of a lot more access than Saturday M has. So maybe they've heard something I don't know. I know the contracts are up. And yes, I think those actors are gonna go away. No question. But this is Disney. You believe, you know, and this is Marvel. Since when does Marvel kill these characters and they stay dead? I mean, give me a break. I just, I, I really do. I'm like, Looking at these grown people, thinking to myself, dude, are you serious? You've, you've had any relationship to comic books, and you spent any time in Hollywood and dealing with these companies, and going to these press junkets, hanging out with these actors, hanging out with these executives, and you're actually throwing out at the fans this ridiculous theory that these characters are going to die? So, no, I don't think these characters are going to die. I think some characters will stay dead, and I think some of these characters will stay dead are the ones that uh, died pre the big thing that happens at the end. So, yes, I do think some of the characters who died pre the finger snap, I think they're dead. Yes, I, I think that's true. Particularly the girl who is meant to be in several other films from a director who recently criticized the Avengers and superhero movies, even though he himself has been a part of these genre movies. In fact, he wanted to make Spider-Man movie uh, back in the 80s. He was trying desperately to make a Spider-Man movie. So... The idea that this guy criticized Marvel superhero movies is kind of crazy. But nonetheless, this woman's going to be in his next couple of movies. So there's no way that she's going to be in both of these franchises, at least not at the level that, that she could have been. So I think she's dead. I think a lot of these characters are dead. But I don't think Captain America. I don't think Iron Man. I don't think Thor are dead. I don't think they will die. Here's my theory. And I'm, again, I'm surprised that Screen Junkies and... Collider and, uh, and, and these other guys don't talk about this. I really am quite amazed at this, IGN, because I, I don't think I'm particularly smart. You know, I run a company that's, you know, uh, its own thing, but I don't think I'm that smart. I just think that this is, I've been in business, I've been in the same kind of meetings some of these guys have been in, and I don't, I don't think this is rocket science, folks. RDJ is 50-some years old. He will be 60-some years old, even though his performance is fantastic. Let's face facts, folks. He hasn't been Iron Man since day one. That's CGI. I, I love that, that scene. I keep seeing it every time they show commercials for it. When Star-Lord say, hey, the plan sucks, but let me do the plan and it'll be good. And if you look at RDJ in that entire scene with Iron Man, you got his, you know, it's, it's, it's Iron Man's body in his head. It is so obvious he's not there. It is so obvious, I mean, that he's there, but that, his, that, that everything under his neck is green screen. Because he looks, I mean, it just, it's just, again, it's, it's not flawless you can't none of the stuff is flawless yet black panther proved that, you, that some of these movies just are not flawless so you're looking at it, you're like dude i can totally see that his neck is not that is not his body on that neck that is a cgi armor on this guy and so you're looking at it, you're thinking hey rdj is awesome but i also want to see iron man be fucking iron man without rdj's head sticking out of it and so short of him just getting a fat paycheck to dial in a performance I'm like, dude, you know, yeah, he's done, okay? He's got to retire. He's, he's made all the money in the world. Probably get a private island from Disney at some point. Like, they, you know, they've treated uh, Jack Sparrow, a.k.a. Johnny Depp, very well. They'll treat RDJ very, very well. So, yeah, I think he's done. I think, uh, I think Chris Evans, even though he's younger, even though Chris Hemsworth, who I think is fantastic if Thor is younger, I think, look, I think they're going to cast their check. They're going to take the contract, and they're going to walk. Tom Holland isn't going anywhere. He's Spider-Man. He's a young man. Chadwick Boseman's not going anywhere. Now, Chadwick Boseman's close to my age, but, you know, Black Panther was a phenomenon, so he's definitely back. And again, I think Chris Hemsworth could be back, because I think this Thor from Ragnarok and what he portrayed in uh, Infinity War, I think this is the best Thor that he has been able to portray. That's because the people behind it have a better sense of the character. So I can see him coming back, because he's like, look, I, I did two shitty movies of Thor, they weren't shitty, but you know, I did these two movies of Thor, they weren't very good. This movie and Infinity War, this is what I'm capable of doing with Thor in the right hands. I feel invigorated. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I got my Civil War. I don't feel like I got my uh, Winter Soldier. So you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll stay. I'll stay. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think Infinity War, uh, the next, the sequel to it, whatever it's going to be called, I think what it's going to basically involve is them merging the Fantastic Four and X-Men and, and, and back into a singular reality. I think it's going to be basically Crisis on Infinite Earths because I think, first of all, I think Marvel has done this repeatedly. Marvel, Kevin Feige is brilliant. 
I think he looked at DC. Again, I'm a huge DC fan. I think he said, look, DC kills us on so many levels. So if we can get there first, we can do the first team-up movie. Justice League is far more famous than Avengers, but we can do the first team-up movie. And they did. We can do the first big-screen speedster. They did. They put Quicksilver on screen, even though Flash is a million times more popular than Quicksilver. They were the first to do it. You know, we can be the first to have a cosmic-level baddie. Darkseid is five gazillion times better of a character, more iconic of a character, than Thanos. But guess who did put, guess we put a cosmic baddie on the screen in a big way first? And now, Crisis on Infinite Earth, the greatest miniseries, I think, in the history of comic books, Crisis on Infinite Earth from DC Comics, uh, Marvel's going to do their crisis. I think the next film will have Fantastic Four, will have X-Men, They'll basically, Tony Stark is going to have to realign time. They'll rediscover elements of time or, or alternate dimensions and put them together into one. And I think in the process of it, just like on Crisis on Infinite Earths, they will rewrite the Marvel history. It'll go back to normal, to what we all know, but instead there'll be new elements such as X-Men, like Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom. <coughs> and, again, Vavid, I don't know what you're smoking, dude. Captain America won't die, but he will be replaced with a new actor. Iron Man won't die, but he will be replaced with a new actor. And this is what we'll have to justify and signify the transition. Now, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they will kill these guys. It could be a great storyline. But again, this is Disney. If you think Disney's going to kill Captain America and Iron Man, things they sell lots of toys with, then you think they're going to kill Mickey Mouse. And I don't think you're that stupid. So obviously, I'm joking. I don't think you're crazy as hell. But I do think that's a hell of a stretch. And I, I do, I am still amazed that David, uh, someone who I'd love to meet, you know, he's probably, about, I think he's about my age. I'd love to meet him. I'd love to meet all these guys. Uh, maybe one day Saturday will get big enough to where they'll invite me onto their podcast or their YouTube channels. But without question, I do think, I think these guys are smart people. And I just think that that's such an extraordinarily bizarre idea, given everything I've just talked about, given Disney's uh, corporate structure, given Marvel's uh, uh, ethos and, and what they've done in comic books, given the fact these actors are getting older, and this is the problem when you make live-action superhero movies, is that the actors do get older. They've got a get-out-of-jail-free card with the storyline. They are clearly going on a path to kind of needle DC by doing some of the stories that DC would do. Uh, I think Feige has clearly been doing that. I've written articles about that on our website. Go check it out. Uh, so there's no question I think this is part of what Marvel would do, do their own crushes on Infinite Earths, and, you know, hey, more power to them. But that's my theory. We'll see if it works. But if you've not seen Infinity War yet, you've got to see it, folks. Literally, I'll say it again, you have not seen a film like this, and you damn sure haven't seen a superhero movie like this. Everything, if you love comics, if you love anime, if you love cartoons, that you could possibly imagine seeing, you will see in this movie. It's got drama. It's got depth. It's got, uh, you know, great comedy moments, and it's got superhero action that just, people will, you know, just, it's just extraordinary. So, there you go. Uh, again, I think this, again, Marvel to me is what we focus Saturday M on. Not that I want to create Marvel Comics, but just, again, I think they've got an a, a ethos about character and about what they care about when it comes to their characters and what they care about with their fans and how they relate to the characters. And that's what I try to empower a lot of our creators to be thinking uh, and that's why I think we've had the success we've had, and we will continue to try to have the success we have. But I will always believe that our characters are more important than our creators. And so that's uh, pretty much what we're going to try to shoot for. So with that being said, and by the way, I think that's why DC movies have sucked, uh, frankly, in the last couple of years. And I love Nolan, but I've often said Nolan's Dark Knight series, as good as it is, is the best Bruce Wayne movie you can get. It is not the best Batman, Batman movie you can get. And I think DC made the mistake a long time ago of not believing in their characters, even though they had the most popular characters in comic books, still do probably, they have failed to capitalize on that because they've been, they've been too slavish to the creators, to the, to the stars and to the uh, directors. Marvel took the opposite approach. That's exactly how Saturday M is structured. And again, if you don't like that, then Saturday M is not for you. But I believe our characters are every bit as important, if not more so, than the creators. Because again, I want the young kid to be excited, inspired, and thrilled by our characters and our stories. Uh, not because they care about white manga or, or, or myself or anyone else. So, uh, so that's kind of it. So, folks, that's, that's it. This is the episode. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Again, remember, you know, we are a small group of creators. 
Uh, we're a small company, but we're focused on doing really big things. We're conservative, uh, not politically, but conservative in terms of how we operate. So, you know, we're comfortable, and it's something I've had to teach a lot of our younger creators, but I think they've gotten it, that uh, we're comfortable taking our time. You know, we're never going to rush stuff. Uh, we'll make mistakes for sure, but we're going to always try to do the right thing for our fans uh, and, and try to inspire them uh, with the right material and, and doing it the best that we can. And so from that perspective, this podcast is uh, an experiment. Uh, I like it. Uh, the response has been fantastic. You guys are amazing people to support us in things like this. Uh, will it be daily? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I think the challenge with it is just finding the time because we've got so much stuff we're trying to work on right now. So many things, again, that we're planning that might be months and years away, but still take a lot of effort right now. Uh, we have issues that come out regularly. We can't get to issue 100, folks, <laughs> operating any old way. We have to really put our effort uh, into things consistently. But I do think this is an important medium for us to be involved in the podcast. I do think that, uh, you know, uh, I don't necessarily like doing it. I know some people like hearing me talk, but I don't necessarily like doing it. But I do think it's an important medium for us to be involved in. I think communicating with you guys about the stuff we're doing every way that we can, including YouTube, is crucial. So we're going to keep trying to, to make a play of it and keep trying to do the best job we can. Will this be daily? Probably not. My expectation for this podcast, if successful, is that it will be as close to daily as it can be. It'll certainly be more than once a week. But beyond that, um, which I know I said earlier in the podcast, it would be weekly. But I think, you know, I could definitely see us having, you know, two or three episodes per week and just kind of go from there, you know. Um, and if, you know, if, if there's something we can talk about every day, they're great. But we'll probably, for right now, just focus on doing it uh, every couple of days and just see how that works out. And hopefully we'll get to a place where we can continue to, to do these more regularly and continue to grow and have cooler things that we're doing like giveaways and, and contests and uh, more interviews and uh, you know, other types of content in this format because I really think this is a fantastic platform. We're using uh, Anchor uh, podcast system, and so if you guys want to try that, just download the app on your Android and or iOS device. Uh, I recommend it. I think it's cool. Again, I, I don't know how it screwed up, posted this episode before I was ready, but uh, I do like the fact that it seems to be fairly seamless in terms of how to make it work. So that's it, everyone. Again, my name is Frederick Jones. I'm the founder and publisher of Saturday AM and Saturday PM. Saturday AM, the world's most diverse shonen manga anthology. And folks, that is the damn truth. We're going to see you in Wizard World, folks. Take care.